0: Guys, this is going to be the test of my coordination. I got a clicker in one hand, a mic in the other, and I like to talk with my hands. So, we're going to, we're going to figure it out today, though, but, but it's going to be awesome. So, here's what I'm pumped for. Yes, Trevor's here. I'm excited for that because we got some big things planned. Today, we're starting a brand new series on the book of Luke. And here's, it's gonna be different than what we've done a lot of times. And here's what I believe. The Bible tells us there's seasons for everything. And so as I was praying about this next year and this next season that we're stepping into as a church, one thing became very, very clear. We have so many different people from so many different walks of life. And over the last couple months, we have had so many new guests become part of this family and it's been amazing. And what you wanna do is you wanna make sure we're rowing and swimming and driving and moving in the same direction. And so we're very passionate about our mission of helping people find Jesus and live like Him. We're very passionate about helping people realize that they matter. And all of that is rooted because of one person. It's all rooted because of Jesus. And what we want to do is no matter where you're at in this faith journey, well one, you're welcome here. Whether you're brand new, you're trying to figure it out, you've been here for a long time or been a Christian for a long time, we want everybody to know who Jesus is and we want to live this mission of helping people find Jesus and live like Him. And so what I thought would be the best possible way to do this was to journey together on one journey. And really, I've had two major questions since I've been here from people regarding faith. It's the same two questions over and over again. One, how do I read the Bible? That's an important question, right? That's a hard question for some people. How do we read the Bible? The other question we get is, how do I live like Jesus? And that's another great and important question. So I was like, I took those questions because we want to be a church that hears you. We want to answer questions people are asking we took those questions and we came up with this series. When I say we, a lot of it was me. So if you don't like it, just blame me, right? And so we're going to go on this journey. And what I love about it, one, it's going to be the longest series I've ever preached, okay? And it's going to be the longest series Revolution has ever done. And so here's, it's going to start today, right? You guys know what today is? December 3rd, 2000, 2000 and what? 23? December 3rd, 2023. And it's going to go all the way... To Easter. So we're going to look at the birth of Jesus, the beginning of Jesus' life, all the way to the end. That's like 17 weeks. And I know it's a long journey, but it's going to be amazing because we're going to be all paddling in the same direction, learning the same things. And we're going to to learn who Jesus is. We're going to live like him. Here's what the goal is. Here's kind of the end game of this entire series. The more we know Jesus, which is what we want to do, the more we know Jesus, the more we will live like him. Because the more you know him, the more you'll live like him, right? And the more we live like him, here's what's really cool. The more we reach people for him and that's the goal of this series and so it's a long series but it's going to be awesome here's my promise to you it will not be boring you will not even notice that it's at one series because we're gonna have different bumpers different you know graphics it's going to be amazing but we're going to be on this journey rowing in the same direction of learning who Jesus is and some weeks will be real theological some weeks will be real practical but you can say for the first time ever maybe for some of you you went through an entire book of the bible and that's a really big deal so today we're going to start anybody excited with me all right, okay, good, good, good. Thank it till we make it. That's what we live by, right? Okay, here's the reality. Everything in your life, have you ever thought about this? Everything in your life has a starting point. I told First Service, your life had a starting point. Some of you have planned, right, really planned. Some of you maybe not, but you're here. That's awesome, right? Like, surprise, hey, they're here. That's awesome. Your job had a starting point. Your career, your marriage, or your relationship had a starting point. This church had a starting point. Everything in life has a starting point. And so when it comes to faith, faith has a starting point. We don't often think about it, but our faith has a point where we start. Like, this is where we start, where it really matters at first. And some people say, well, it's going to church, and going to church is great, but it's not the starting point. Some people say, hey, it's Genesis 1, and that's great, but it's not the starting point. What I love about the Gospel of Luke, (laughs) and we're going to figure out more about Luke in a second, but we're going to all agree that the starting point is knowing Jesus and what Jesus has done for us, why it matters, and how how Jesus calls us to live. So to do that, we're going to look at a gospel called Luke. Everybody say Luke. 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 So there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, good, you're following along. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and and there are four different accounts of of Jesus' life. There are four different documents, they don't contradict one another, but sometimes certain Gospels have certain things and events that others don't. Just like if you and I were telling stories, we may tell the same overall picture, the same details, we may leave out certain details that we think aren't as important. If you're like me, I'm not going to be super, super detailed. I'm going to be like, hey, a car hit another car and then the other person left. And you might be like, well, the car was red and the driver was wearing this and wearing this. And, and it was the IU driver. And you know, everybody knows about IU drivers, right? Like, you're going to get different details. So all these gospels, they're different, but they all point to the same picture of Jesus. So I like to say Mark. Mark is kind of like an action movie. It gets straight to the point. It's like Fast and the Furious. They're drag racing right away. Like we don't know what's going on. They're drag racing. John is a little bit, uh... A little bit more artsy in nature, a little bit more detailed, a little bit more eloquent-like, right? Like, he's a little bit more poetic. Matthew is kind of a combination of both. He starts with the genealogy of Jesus. And then Luke, uh, Luke, our boy Luke, he's a historian. He's kind of, it's kind of like a biography of Jesus. So we're going to look at the Gospel of Luke, right? Everybody say Luke again for me. Luke. We're starting with Luke. So what do we know about Luke? One, Luke is the longest gospel of all the gospels. So you're like, man, No one likes to read the longest, but we're going to read the longest because I believe it's most enjoyable to read at times. Also, Luke is the gospel that quotes Jesus more than any other gospel. And if our mission is to know Jesus and live like Jesus, we want to look at his words. So maybe you're new and you've been reading your Bible and you get to these red letters. You're like, why is it red? Well, the red letters where Jesus is speaking, the red letters in Luke, they have more red letters than any other gospel. Luke also is a prequel and it has a sequel, right? And I'm not talking like a bad sequel and prequel. It's not like Fast and the Furious and then Tokyo Drift, like, which is awful. It's like, no, one's good and the next is good. So there's Luke and it kind of goes, and the Bible's not written in chronological order. So it goes Luke, then John, and then the book of Acts. But Luke and Acts go together. And so the book of Luke is written about Jesus and the book of Acts is written about the church. And then Luke, what I love about Luke is he writes all these words but he tells us very very little about himself we know he's a doctor what does that mean well it means he's smart you got to be somewhat smart to be a doctor right and he writes, and so he's gonna write elegantly. Matter of fact, in the verses we're gonna look at today, in four verses, it's one sentence in the Greek. And there's words used in the, this one sentence in the Greek that aren't used anywhere else. He's elegant writer. He's very smart. He's not like some random dude like me just writing it down. No, he's detailed. He's oriented. Anybody detail oriented in here? Right? You know, like everything, the structure. Rick, this is for you. they like detail after detail. Right? All the details. Luke writes this amazing gospel. He was a A partner, a kind of a a companion uh, of Paul. He did ministry with Paul. He was someone who was not religious in nature growing up. He didn't have a lot of religious background, so maybe that's you. And then there's some other important things we need to know. It's the most universal gospel. It's the most inclusive gospel that the people that no one uh, else would write to. He's the most interested. Women, this this might be important to you. Most interested in the roles of women and in children and social outcasts, the people we're trying to reach. He's most interested in prayer. He records different prayers that nobody else does. He has the emphasis on the Holy Spirit and and on joy and most emphasis on preaching the good news, which is the gospel. He's the most interested in making sure everybody knows who Jesus is. And so that is kind of a 10,000 foot view of what we're gonna read. And you're like, hey, that's a lot of information. And maybe you're like, I don't wanna hear that. It's so important to hear what we're reading so we know where we're going. And have you ever heard this phrase, famous last words? Anybody ever heard that, right? You know, famous last words like maybe you are arguing with your spouse and you're out with your buddy. You ever been out with your buddy and they start arguing with their spouse? And like, you know, like this conversation is not going well. And you're like, dude, I, I don't want to be him. And you're trying to tell him, hey, bro, just hang up and leave. But he keeps talking, he keeps talking, he keeps talking, right? Anybody with me? You know what I'm talking about? And he, he finally keeps talking and he says something you're like, bro, that's famous last words. Don't want to be you tonight, right? I don't want to go home to that, right? And so famous last words are, are kind of a phrase we know. But do you know, there aren't just famous last words, there's famous first words. So let me give you a couple examples. Anybody ever heard of this? It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Anybody heard that? Charles Dickens. Never read the book, but oddly enough, I find myself quoting that all the time. And Whitney's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't even know. It just sounds really good when bad things are happening, right? Like, it sounds good. And then here's one of my favorite. Mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You Never know what you're going to get, right? Everybody knows that, right? Forrest Gump, come on. If you've never seen history, Forrest Gump is the greatest history movie of all time. He's just there at everything somehow. How about this? A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Anybody know that one? What is that? Star Wars, right? long time ago, they were fighting with uh, lightsabers. It's the same story of Harry Potter, just with lightsabers instead of wands, right? We know that. Another one. Johnny's daddy was taking him when he was... Eight years old. See, you guys know it, right? And so sometimes the start of something, you know right away. Well, Luke right away, his gospel, his first sentence sets everything apart. And so just like you know when you hear about a box of chocolates, you know you're talking about Forrest Gump, Luke wrote in such a way, as soon as you start reading this, he's like, this is something special. So let's go to it. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. We'll stop there, right? And right away, one word stands out. What word's highlighted here? Many. He says many. How many is many? What would be your definition of many? More than two? Less than a hundred? Right, I don't know, right? Many. He's like, many people. And that's so important, that first word. Many people have undertaken to draw up an account which not literally means draw but write an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. And here's what he's saying. He says this, I'm not the only one writing about this. I'm not the only one who have taken time to write about this. He goes this isn't something that happened in a galaxy far, far away. Right? There's no Darth Vader here. Right? He's like this event actually happened. And many people have taken time to write about the life of Jesus, what they've seen but they've experienced, what they have heard. Many people have done it. And, and he's not just talking about the other gospels. He's talking about other people outside of that because not all the gospels were written by the time that Luke is writing. Maybe Matthew and Mark were But he's like, other people outside of the Gospels have taken time to do this. And you're like, well, why does that matter? Because we live in this weird, bizarre time where people write biographies about themselves all the time, right? Like, you know, they could be 35, they have one at 35, then they have one at 75 or 65. And so we're used to people writing like this. We're used to people writing books about themselves. But at this time, this type of thing, didn't just happen in the first century if you go back to history history documents you're not going to find very many documents like this people didn't write about other people often and how many of you right now are writing a biography about somebody else anybody because if somebody's writing a biography about mike barron i want to read it i want to know what's going on right but we, we don't do that we don't sit and write about it but luke is like many people have done this and he's like it's so abnormal because throughout history People didn't write about other people like that. There was no printing press. Most people couldn't read or write. It says less than 10% of people probably could read. And most of those were men. Women, you didn't have the right to read, right? And so he's like, many people are sitting down to write about him like they would write about Caesar or kings. There's taking time to write about him. But nobody does that. Throughout history, very little documents can be found all the way back to the first century about certain people. Yet, here's Luke saying, many people have taken the time to sit down and write about a man named Jesus who was a rabbi who had 12 disciples, who was killed on a Roman cross, who the Roman Empire could not could not get rid of fast enough, where the religious people didn't like. And he said, many people have taken time to write this account. And the question becomes, well, why? Why would so many people do this? Why, I think a better question is this. Why this story? Why are so many trying to tell it? Why are so many people trying to tell it? For example, one day, Natalie's going to grow up and get a little bit older. And she's going to, we're going to go to this search engine called YouTube, Right? And she says, Dad, who is the greatest athlete of all time? And I'm going to say, honey, some people at church will say Michael Jordan, and they're wrong. And I'm going to sit her down. And I'm going to say, I've been waiting my whole life for you to ask me this question. And I'm going to start showing highlights of LeBron James starting in 2003 of Cleveland, of Miami, of Cleveland again, then LA, right? And I'm going to show her and I'm going to tell her why. Because it's important. What It's important to me. And so why would so many people do this? Why so many people tell this story? And I love what one pastor said. Well, the answer is easy. Something extraordinary happened. Something extraordinary happened through a man named Jesus who was put on a Roman cross, but it didn't stop at a Roman cross. It didn't stop in an empty, in a tomb. The tomb was empty. It didn't stop when we thought he was dead. It It started when he rose from the grave. This is a story like no other account. He's like, something extraordinary happened. And then Luke, our man of the hour, takes it even further. He says, something extraordinary happened. But he says, Jesus did something extraordinary. For who? For everyone. That's the title of the series, for everyone. And he's like, someone had to tell it. Luke is going to tell us, like the other Gospels, but Luke very specifically is going to say, something happened. Something extraordinary happened through the life of a man named Jesus. That people watched him be killed, and they watched him three days later rise from the grave. They experienced it. They saw it with their own eyes. Something extraordinary happened from the way he talked, from the way he preached, from the way he lived, the way he empowered women, the way he reached outcasts. Something happened. And what's amazing that Luke does, and why I love Luke, is he makes it very, very clear that what Jesus did wasn't for a certain type of person or for a group of people. He said it was for everyone. And what Jesus did, the extraordinariness of what Jesus did was for everyone. And I love this quote. It says, Jesus's life and teachings were for everyone, Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female. Therefore, look for Luke to include more stories than anyone else about Jesus interacting with outsiders who we want to interact with, the poor and women. Luke is going to go out of his way to show you encounter after encounter about how Jesus reached people that no one else would reach. And if we want to be his church, we're to reach people that no one else reached. If you go to to Luke chapter 4, it it says this, and we'll we'll talk about these all in in a few weeks. It says he went to Nazareth, which Nazareth was kind of his hometown. And Nazareth was this town, um, well, I'm kind of trying to put it in modern words. If it was a town today, it would have a dollar general because they're everywhere. It would have a stoplight, but you gotta understand, it wouldn't have like a stoplight that would change colors. It would have a blinking red stoplight to, to show you a four-way intersection would come. There's probably one main road in and out and probably a bunch of old buildings, right? It was a small town and for Nazareth had a reputation of nothing good would ever come from Nazareth. And so he's in this town of Nazareth where people feel isolated because they weren't on the main path. They, they were excluded from a lot of kind of norm, normal day living. But he's there. And he says, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, which would have been the temple. And he stood up to read. And he stood up to read. Jesus could read. And, and the scroll the prophet Isaiah. So he's going to read scripture. He's reading a prophecy that that Isaiah is saying, one day the Savior of the world will look like this. And so Jesus unrolls it. And he starts reading it. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor so i'm reaching the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom to for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the lord's favor so jesus is like god is going to send someone to do all this for all these type of people and then jesus rolled up the scroll and they gave it back to the attendant I, I imagine this is such a cool moment right he, he's kind of doing a little bit of swag and he and he sits down and everybody's watching him They're like, what is this dude talking about? And he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is saying, the guy that the prophets talked about, it is me. And then we get to my favorite verse. Luke 19.10, it says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save, who? He came to seek and save the lost. Out of Jesus' own mouth, he says, there's people in this world that have been overlooked, who are outcast. That's who I came to seek and save. There's going to be prostitutes that he talks to. There's going to be women that no one else would talk to that he talks to. There's going to be people that he invites to the inner circle that no one else would invite to the inner circle. There's going to be tax collectors. There's going to be an awesome story of a wee little man, man named Zacchaeus who climbs a tree. Jesus says, hey, I'm coming to eat with you. Like There's all these amazing stories. Jesus says, these are the very people... Club came to seek and save and these are the very people luke says you have to pay attention because something extraordinary happened through the ma- this life of a man named jesus and you may be like why does that matter why, why, why does that matter why does that matter because maybe today you come in here. We'll, we'll stick with the, the Christmas theme. Hey, and just a side note, I, I know some of you want a Christmas series. It starts next week. We're going to give you your Christmas series. We are not the Grinch, okay? That's why the trees are up here. It's going to start next week. But maybe today you come in here, you feel like the Grinch. And here's what I'm saying: Maybe you are the Grinch, but maybe you feel like it too. And you're out on your own little mountain, right? Then you got the little Who's down there in Whoville, and they're singing their songs. You got a little Cindy Lou Who, right? And you got all the other Who's, and they're making toys and doing all this stuff I don't know what they're doing right but they're singing and they're around a the Christmas tree and they're all together but then there's you and you're like man I feel like an outcast I feel like unloved I feel unworthy I feel small maybe you come here today you're like I don't feel like anybody cares about me or you look at your life and you're like I, I don't know how anybody would love me or forgive me or accept me because of the things I've done well that's what the gospel of Luke's about And that's what the Gospel of Luke matters so much. And if Jesus came to seek and save the lost, that also means that Jesus came to seek and save you. He's like, why is that a big deal? Why why does that matter? Because in 2023, I, I think we lose the awe of that. Because you know that's not how religion worked for a long, long time, if you will. In 1871... In 1871, just before some of you were born, I won't tell you who, right? But in 1871, a French archaeologist with a funny name that I can't pronounce found a, a little document, a little pillar outside of a, a Jerusalem temple, which the temple would have been this holy place that Jews would go to, to worship God. They, they found this written on the wall, on this on this temple. It says, No outsider shall enter the protective enclosure around the sanctuary, and whoever is caught will only have himself to blame for the ensuing Death. Now imagine if we just put that on our wall, like outside, like, hey, no one is un- welcome here uh, if you're not supposed to be here. And if you die, it's on you. And for years and years, this is how Jews would live. For years and years, this is how Jews and Gentiles operated. The Jews would say, if you, if you don't, if you, if you aren't Jewish, and you're unclean, you're not welcome. Well, Jesus comes in here and he says, like, that's not how this works anymore. Jesus is going to be for everyone. And Luke is saying, listen, I've taken time. I've sat down so that many people, like me, other people like me, have sat down and, and wrote about this so that everybody will know what Jesus did. That's just verse one. Here we go to verse two. Just as they were handed down to you by those who from the very first were eyewitnesses. So it says, just as other documents were written, they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the world. He's saying again, there's people who saw this with their own eyes. This isn't something I'm making up. It's not a fairy tale. It's not in a galaxy far, far away. People saw it with their own eyes. And then he says this. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I decide to write an orderly account for you, most excellent, Theopolis. Everybody say Theopolis. Man, I think that's like a great boxer's name, right? Adonis Creed versus Theopolis. I love that name, right? Theopolis. He's like, i carefully investigated so that you may have the certainty of the things that you have been taught. And so for the first time, we kind of realized, like, Luke is writing this, write to someone named Theopolis. Well, who's Theopolis? Well, we don't know exactly, but we add these two words together. It says, most excellent, and we can use context, that it probably was somebody of authority, probably someone of power, most likely a a Roman government official. And he's probably heard about Jesus, and he wanted to know more about Jesus. And so he goes, and he looks for a smart man that can write and read, someone who would take time investigating about the life of Jesus and he hires a man named Luke to write a book that Luke didn't know was going to be in the Bible necessarily but he wrote Luke that, and he, Luke says I'm going to spend time carefully investigating I'm going to talk to people I'm going to investigate everything from the beginning that's why Luke starts at the birth of Jesus says, I'm going to investigate everything from the beginning and, and I'm going to write an orderly account so this is like the history, history part the biography aspect of it He's like, I'm going to write an orderly account so that you may have certainty of the things you've been taught because something extraordinary happened and a man named Jesus who everybody thought was going to die on a cross but didn't he came back three days later. He's like, something happened. And what I love about this, and this this is really important. You're like, why am I telling you all this? Because this is important, of the context of all of this. Throughout history, this is how people would write accounts. So a lot of times people say, the Bible is just this made up account. Well, listen, here, here's how historians would write. And this is how Luke wrote. There would be oral tradition. They couldn't read or write, so they would have to pass on the story. By their words, their mouth. And so there would be oral tradition. Like, hey, this happened. And so they would find somebody in their tribe, in their group, that was smart and would have a good memory. So if you don't have a good memory, we're not telling you this stuff because you're going to forget it, get it wrong, right? He's like, so oral tradition. They would talk to it. They would share the tradition. It would be passed on from generation to generation. And there's written documents. Other people have written about it. He says, many people have written about this. And then you would go to eyewitness accounts. The people who said, well, hey, I saw Jesus after the resurrection. I saw him do this miracle. I was there when he healed this person. I was there when he talked to Zacchaeus. And so he would add all of these together. And what do you get? A carefully investigated document. And Luke says, I'm writing this to you, Theopolis, and I'm writing this to you, Revolution, so that you can have certainty of who Jesus is, what Jesus has done. Why? Because something so extraordinary happened. And it was for a group of every single person to ever live. And someone had to tell it. And Luke says, I'm going to tell it. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to go through this journey of looking at why it's so extraordinary, of why it matters. And and maybe you're here and you're like, I don't know who Jesus is. I haven't figured it out yet. I I don't know if I want to. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, hey, I, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to know how to live like him. I invite you to come on this journey with us. And my promise to you during this journey is if you open your ears and hearts and you follow along with us and you read along with us, you will see God work and you will start to read and uncover an extraordinary journey that Jesus will take us on. But today, I want to end with something. But before I end with something, I want to show you a picture. Anybody ever been in this moment? Right? Anybody ever there? Right? Okay, this this is a common occurrence in my house. This happened specifically not too long ago. We went to the store of Ikea. You ever been to Ikea? Right? Anybody anybody ever bought anything from Ikea? If you haven't, don't. That's my best advice I can give you today. Don't buy it. And so Ikea, they they kind of do this thing. It's like you walk in this massive like warehouse essentially. It's this building. It's like a big, big building. And you walk in and it's like really modern looking. And then the first thing they do is really smart, right? They have you walk through these like, makeshift living rooms or houses or bedrooms anybody ever seen that before right and they're they're all really really modern and so I was doing this the other day and it was making me like thanks, like man I feel like I'm living like in the 1800s like Laura Ingalls Wilder here like how do they get their house to look so cool here I am looking like this and then you you see something you want and then you think like most places you can just grab it and bring it with you no you got to write down a little number or take a little card like what in the world or take a picture then you got to go all the way to the end of it you got to walk through the entire rest of this gigantic store right and then you take it to somebody and they either tell you to go get it yourself or they get it for you and then they give you a box i'm like bro i don't want a box i want a shelf right like come on i want to put together in my car right now and then they take a box and then you get you get home and it's like swedish or something i don't know right they have a bunch of meatballs and selling selling this stuff it's a weird place and then you take it home You you try to start putting it together and then usually, you know, I got Whitney standing over my shoulder watching me because like, hey, I'm the man. I, I, I got this, right? I can read and write, baby. I can do this, right? I'm going to put this together. But I don't follow the instructions at first. So I start trying to put it together and it's not working. But eventually, you all get to the point where you're like, hey, I'm just going to follow the instructions. So I follow the instructions. You know what the instructions allow me to do? Still put it together and it's still wobbly, but I follow them nonetheless, right? So I put it together, but I need those instructions. And here's what happens so many times and I, I don't want to do it to you today so often we said hey know Jesus read your Bible hey it's got some awesome stories in it it could change your life now go home and read it but we never tell you how to do it right you know what I'm talking about we never give you the the tools to do that so I've talked about this tool before and if you would switch to the last slide real quick for me in in a moment it's going to be on here and and this last slide oh my goodness there you go this last slide is called the SOAP method everybody say SOAP so, and so we've done it before. But I want to tell it real quick because this is, is how, like, maybe you're brand new to reading the Bible. Like, I don't know how to read it. And, and so here's what's going to happen. You're going to open your Bible. You're going to go to devotion maybe. Maybe you have your Bible on your phone. Maybe you have a hard copy Bible. Maybe you need a, a devotional. Maybe you need to download the Bible app. And you're going to go to a passage of Scripture. Now, you may be brand, brand new to this. So this is how it works. You're going to find a, a, a name like Luke. And there's Luke. And then there's going to be two numbers or a couple numbers after. So it would be Luke... Then a number, like one, for example, and that would be the chapter. And then the next group of numbers would be the verse. So it's the chapter, I mean, it's the title, the chapter, the verse. And then you're going to go to those verses, and you're going you're to look at them. And, and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to read this section. Then you're going to move on to observation. The O. Oh, everybody say observation. Observation. You're going to read it. And, and for me, I recommend reading it five, six, seven times. Read it over and over again. Right? And then what you're going to do is you're going to say, are there any words that stand out here? Are there any words that I don't know? Like, what in the world does that say? Right? That happens to me all the time. Are there any words with like a little footnote that tells you to go to the bottom of the the verse? Are there any things that's repeated? And you're going to look at it. You're going to circle. You're going to highlight. You're going to underline. You're going to start participating in it. you say, okay, what does this mean? Question mark. What does this mean? Question mark. You're going to start reading it. And you're going to read over and over again because you're trying to absorb it. You're trying to figure it out. And then we get to the A application. Everybody say application. That's the question. Say, what do what am I going to do with this? Why why is this matter? Is God asking me to change a a behavior, change a mindset? Is He asking me to uh, do something, an action? Because application is what changes everything. If we read through this entire series and we don't do anything, we're failing. Like there's always application. Then we get to the last part. It's prayer. Everybody say prayer. Prayer. And the prayer is like, Hey God. Man, I don't know what I just read. I read it six, seven, eight times. I don't know what it says, but God, can you open my eyes? Can can you give me wisdom to understand this? And this is called the SOAP method. So what I did is we made a handout on your way out at the connection stop here under the big red banner. If you wanna pick out a document that that has this on it to tell you how to do this method, we, we, we made that for you. But here's why I'm excited. I know that's a lot of information today, but here's why I'm excited. Because Luke reminds us over and over again, something extraordinary happened, and that something extraordinary was for you and it was for me. If it's for everyone, it's for us. And if we want to really move forward in 2024, the way that God wants us to move, we got to know who Jesus is. We got to get on the same page. We got to grow together. Because when we grow together and we know together, guess what we do? We all end up going together. So we're going to get on the same page. and We're going to look at the life of Jesus. And it's going to be fun. And it's going to be amazing. And my prayer for you is that you open your ears and hearts to what God has for us over the next several weeks. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for who you are we're so thankful for your word we're so thankful for your son we're so thankful for your community God and I I pray today that somebody hears this message that Jesus is for them maybe that's what they hear today instead of anything else that Jesus is for them that Jesus loves them that they matter to him that Jesus wants to be the king of their life Father so we're going to sing and we're going to praise because you're the God who is worthy of that and our words will fall short but Father we're going to spend time in your presence today it's your great and precious name we pray Amen Please stand with us.